0: Hello, you're listening to the Sydney Writers' Centre podcast on writers and writing. My name is Valerie Ku, and you can find us online at sydneywriterscentre.com.au. We're Australia's leading writing centre, and you'll find a wealth of resources on our website and blog, including interviews with authors, writing tips, and valuable ideas on how to get published and write with confidence. Whether you're interested in writing a novel, short story, or articles for magazines, you'll find information and courses to help you get there. Or if you want to hone your business writing skills, we can help you too. Our presenters are the best in the industry. Our team is passionate about all things writing, and in these podcasts, we'll be talking to best-selling authors on their craft. We hope you enjoy today's podcast. Kimberly Freeman is an Australian
1: contemporary women's fiction author who has also published speculative fiction and horror under her real name, Kim Wilkins. She is an award-winning author in her original genre and in 2007 she decided to explore a new one and published her first women's fiction novel, Duet. Her fourth book in the genre is Lighthouse Bay. Lighthouse Bay is a story about two women from two very different eras. In 1901, Isabella Winterbourne is a woman trapped in a loveless marriage and struggling to deal with the grief of losing her son. In 2011, Libby Slater returns home to Lighthouse Bay after almost 20 years in Paris. She too is struggling with personal loss and trying to right past wrongs. The book was recently selected as one of the 2012 Get Readings, 50 Books You Can't Put Down. Welcome, Kimberly. Thank you so much for talking to us today. Hi. First of all, just tell us a bit more about the latest novel, Lighthouse Bay.
2: Uh, Lighthouse Bay is set on the Sunshine Coast, largely um, in 1901, and it follows a character who's been shipwrecked. She's the only survivor of a shipwreck, Um, and it was a very fortunate shipwreck in a way because she had been married against her will um, to a man, and um, now she has a chance to escape, but she certainly finds her past catching up with her. Um, and this historical story is framed um, in a story set in the present about a woman who returned to the same location, Lighthouse Bay, um, to um, make amends for something she did 20 years ago.
1: So um, it, it does actually have another parallel story in mm-hmm. the f- in the future, and this is the second book you've written with that kind of parallel historical thing as well. Um, yes, that's right. There
2: was Wildflower Hill that came out last year. mm mm-hmm.
1: Um, and you said, well, with actually most of your women's fiction seems to include a little bit of time travel, I suppose.
2: That's right. I've, I've always been very interested in how the history continues to signify in the present. Also, I like writing historical fiction, but I I find that I need to sort of get out and, you know, write something that's said in the present as well to sort of frame it. That makes it more interesting for me.
1: Mm. And presumably involves quite a bit of research as well.
2: Yeah, it does. I'm getting more efficient at the research. I used to sort of read a lot of books, take a lot of notes, think about it, you know, and then put it in. Now I just kind of write until I hit a white space and then go, I'll need to go and look that up, <laughs> look it up and put it straight in. So
1: Right. yeah. So um, the story of Isabella, so this, this book, as far as I know, is the first one that's set fairly locally to you.
2: Yeah. Um,
1: where did Isabella's story come from, this story of the shipwreck? is Is there something in history that you that you've borrowed from
2: there are actually so many shipwrecks in Australia's history once you start researching it you find there are just so many and and I think there are quite a few that you know are household names but I, I found so many um I wanted to write about a shipwreck because I wanted to write about the ocean I wanted to write about the beach especially the beach at the Sunshine Coast which is very close to where I live um and um so a shipwreck you know is a Fairly dramatic sort of a thing to happen. I wanted this woman to get away from her husband somehow. Um, and I started reading a lot about Australian shipwrecks and I happened on this fabulous, um, old diary, like, you know, it was a, I got it out of the university library. It was all, it was a really old, you know, a, a, a publication, obviously, not a handwritten diary, um, of a man who, and his wife who had been shipwrecked off the coast of, um, far north Queensland in the late 1800s so you know not quite the same time and place but close enough and it was just absolutely fascinating they, 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 these people and their dog were the only um, souls who survived this terrible shipwreck and the description of the shipwreck itself was still uh, was you know was so haunting it still stays with me um, the idea of, you know, because you think of shipwrecks because they don't sort of happen so much anymore. Mm. Um, as not being particularly scary, but it would have been absolutely terrifying because they only happen in bad weather. So, you know, you're really at the um, uh, the mercy of the elements. Yeah. So mm. I found it incredibly moving. And so I wanted to write about that.
1: Well, yeah, I found your des- description of the shipwreck actually quite terrifying. And and claustrophobic as well.
2: Yeah, yeah, like a like a plane crash. That's that's that would be the modern analogy. Yeah. You know, being completely out of control, being stuck somewhere at the mercy of, of whatever happens next.
1: Yeah, it's what I tried yeah. to capture. Mm. Lighthouse Bay, I guess, is contemporary women's fiction, um, and this mm-hmm. is your fourth book in that genre, but you've also written historical fiction and fantasy. What prompted this new direction after fifteen years of writing? What prompted this new style um
2: with the uh, with the fantasy stuff i just um I sat down to try and you know conceptualize my next book and I found uh, this was in around two thousand and six I think, and I found that every idea I came up with sounded really familiar and i I developed this idea that um I had somehow strip mindd the genre and could no longer write in it. Um, And so I spoke with my agent about it, and she said, well, why don't you try your hand at something different? What else do you like to read? I'm a very strong believer that you should only write what you like to read. Um, uh, And so I I came up with an idea that was contemporary women's fiction. Um, And um, I chose a pseudonym so that, you know, the markets wouldn't get confused. The readerships aren't necessarily the same. Um, And then what happened was that these books did incredibly well, and I was asked to write more. And, um, and when that started happening, I realised, of course, you know, that field of fantasy had lain fallow for long enough that I'd started to have new ideas. So I am, um, yeah, so I'm sort of so busy with Kimberly Freeman that I haven't got back to my, my fantasy stuff, which I write under my, my real name, Kim Wilkins.
1: Yeah. So I was going to ask you how you coped with that big genre shift, but it sounds like. You coped quite well.
2: I I did, no, it it sounds like I did, didn't it? But I actually didn't. It was, um, it was terribly difficult. I remember being, the first one was called Duet, and I remember being in about chapter three or four. No, no, chapter three, quite early in the book, and thinking, this is getting boring. And normally at this point, what I'd do is, I'd put in a ghost,
0: you know, or a monster.
2: (laughs) Or something, I was like, I can't do ghosts and monsters anymore. How am I going to create narrative interest? And so I went and, looked back through all of these books that I'd read and thought, how do they do it? You know, well they do it with um, you know, secrets and mysteries and um, you know, a little bit of drama here and there, a little sense of menace from something. And and it was really like learning to write all over again. But I think it's made me a better writer. I don't rely quite so heavily on monsters anymore. <laughs> yes.
1: So how long then did that shift take? If like you describe it as learning to write again?
2: Well, with Stuart, I think I wrote the first five or six chapters four times. I'd, st- I'd write them and send them to my agent, and she'd just go, "No, that's terrible," and send it back. And I go, "No, what do I do now?" And finally, I got it. Once I got it, once I'd figured out the first six chapters, then you know, it was it, it was fine. So I guess that process of rewriting those first six chapters took about six months, and then after that, you know, I was okay.
1: So typically with your fantasy how how many drafts would you have done would it have been a process? Oh,
2: well I would have just yeah we'd just have come out right first go right, yeah. and now and now these come out right first go um so yeah I guess it was it wasn't really long but it was a very frustrating time and I felt completely inadequate um, you know, especially after how many books I've published. And, you know, I teach writing as well. And I just felt like I don't even know how to do it. You know, I, I've, I've forgotten how to do it. It was like um, forgetting the words to a song you've known your whole life.
1: But right. I managed,
2: and now I can do it. So.
1: Hmm. That's interesting. I mean, people assume that published writers, would they know it all. It's, it's easy. It's, it's, it's
2: astonishing how... I mean, and, and yeah, and published writers who teach. I mean, I can teach a lot. I tell people all the time, but they ask me. I just give them heaps of advice. And to realize that, I mean, I, I have a, a similar um, thing has happened recently. I I wrote a book a couple of years ago. I've been working on it for ages, a fantasy book. And I just keep getting to the end of it and thinking, this isn't right somehow. And um, so I put it away for a while and recently looked at it again and went, oh, I know what's missing. And how could I have not seen that? How could I have not seen that it was missing? So... Yeah, there's there's always something to learn in this yeah. with this craft.
1: Yeah. So um, even with all of that learning, um, Lighthouse Bay is actually your twenty second book.
2: Yeah, my two millionth word in print.
1: Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, when you put it like that, that's that's really quite amazing. Since nineteen ninety seven
2: too. Yeah, since fifteen years. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: So, I mean, you you work in academia as well, and you say that you also teach creative writing. How do you manage your writing load with all of these other things on the side
2: um I do find it difficult to balance sometimes. I also have two um, young children um, but um i as much as possible i I've, I've actually stopped a lot of the teaching um I, obviously I teach at uni in my role as a, as an academic um I try to um multi task obviously but what i really find is that if i put the if i put the time aside to write i don't actually need much time to actually get words on a page what i try to do is have a notebook with me where i'm always writing down my ideas and planning scenes and things like that um and so that when i do have time to write even if it's in only an hour or so i can get a good thousand words done or something like that And if I can do a thousand words in an hour or an hour and a half or whatever, and I do that five times a week, which isn't unrealistic at all, then, you know, five thousand words a week, you know, in um, six months you've got a novel.
1: So it's really just a matter for you of um, getting that time to sit down and do it.
2: Yeah, it's making it a priority. I mean, obviously I find it easier to make it a priority because I don't get paid unless I deliver the manuscript. But what I'm always saying to writers is, um, instead of making writing that burden, that extra thing you have to fit in your day. I mean, it, it's never been that for me. Writing is a pleasure, like reading. And I don't sort of go, oh God, I have to fit in a Marion Keys book this afternoon. I go, sweet, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to open my Marion Keys book and I'm going to get swept away. And so I've always tried to make sure that I view my writing that way and continue to view my writing that
1: way. So given that you're um, fitting your writing in around a whole lot of other stuff, does that affect how you plan a book do you plan or are you kind of doing it as you go
2: no i'm a planner and i always have been and it's it has really um what would you say stood me in good stead in the busy times i'm a planner absolutely 100 i i don't i have a overall shape of the book before i write the first word and before i sit down on any given day before i sit down to write i'll write some notes in my notebook telling me how i'm going to get into the scene how i'm going to get out of the scene and a few details about the scene so there's never, chance, there's never a a time when I sit at my desk and go, oh, right, what, what am I going to write today? Because you can waste hours like that, and it's soul-destroying.
1: Mm, so yeah. I, need,
2: I need to get the words down.
1: Yeah. So are you uh, working on something new now?
2: Yes, I'm very excited about it. <laughs> I'm writing another Kimberly Freeman novel and inspired by the um, enjoyment that I had writing a book set on the Sunshine Post. I'm setting a book... Um, um, in, on a, an island in Moreton Bay in the 19th century and it's going to be a governess story. I'm so excited. I've been reading Jane Eyre. Um, yeah so it's, um, I'm really looking forward to it and in this story a, a young woman comes from England. She's hiding something of course um, to be the governess to the prison superintendent's daughter on an island very much like St Helena Island in Moreton Bay which was when right. there was a prison there in the 19th century. Um, yes yeah, so I'm just Dying to, I'm going to start on the 1st of November. I've just got a bit of other bits and pieces I have to get out of the way first. So
1: yes. I'm
2: very excited. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm really actually trying hard not to sound like a crazy person. I'm that excited. Uh. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, it's, it sounds like it'll be a fascinating book and some more research oh, yeah. close to home so too. Looking
2: forward to it. So looking forward to it. Well, it's set um, also partly in the Channel Islands. So we do find oh, out okay. you know, in a sort of flashback what she did. Um, so it's sort of set on these two islands. But, um, yeah, I'm very excited about it.
1: Excellent. And I love that you've given yourself a day to start. I yes, like because I've start. got a
2: day to finish. I've got to do it in four months. I've got to turn wow. it around by the 28th of February. So I've got all of these tricks up my sleeve, um, you know, and, and all of these things to help me. This wonderful program you can get for your computer. It's called Freedom, and it locks you out of the Internet.
1: Uh, ah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think everybody could do with one of those.
2: Yeah, it's it's wonderful. You can put in how long you need. So I'll look at my word count and go, okay, I need to do 2,000 words. That's going to take me three hours. I'll lock myself out of the internet for three hours because I have no
1: willpower. No, I don't think any of us do really.
2: Well, the next step is <laughs> asking my partner to unplug the modem and hide it from me and I don't know if I want to go there.
1: Oh, yeah, big step. <laughs> <laughs> So just one final question. You've actually given us heaps of useful advice just in this interview, but what's your yeah. key piece of advice to writers?
2: Key piece of advice to writers? Um, key piece of advice to writers It has to be that, okay, there, there are three. I can do them really quickly. The first one is you have to have good work habits. And the second one is that you have to be prepared to diversify. And the third one is you have to be good at building relationships in the industry. So that's it. Um, And the good work habits one is the most important because unless you've got something written, you're not a writer. and You've got nothing to, you know, show to anybody.
1: Yeah, yeah. Excellent advice. Thank you very much, Kimberly. Good luck with the latest book and good luck with
0: the writing come 1st of November.
1: (laughs) Thanks very much.
0: You've been listening to The Team from the Sydney Writers' Centre podcast on writers and writing. My name's Valerie Koo. You can find us online, including details about our courses, seminars and online learning programs where we help students from all over the world. I'm author of the book, Power Stories, the eight stories you must tell to build an epic business. And you can find out more on my personal website, ValerieKoo.com. That's ValerieKoo, K-H-O-O.com. Thank you for listening.